For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back once again. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nikki Snacks, Crider, and the Quan Cosby. This is the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. So get your horns up because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas podcast. We have a special guest today, the man in charge, our CDC, Chris Del Conte, the athletic director for the University of Texas, is joining the boys. Mr. Del Conte, how are you doing today? Can't complain. All is well. Good to be with you, fellas. Good to be with you, too. Before we get going, our hearts and prayers go out to the families in Uvalde. Uh, we all saw that tragedy today and obviously want to talk football, basketball, and Texas sports. But we'd be remiss if we didn't give you know our thoughts and prayers at the beginning of the show uh, to anyone there and all listening. Um, but Texas football, Texas basketball, and of course, te- Texas athletics. The baseball team is headed to the Big 12 tournament. Uh, our site's set in Omaha, hoping to make some noise there again. How has it been kind of being quote unquote the wartime president what are some of the excitements and some of the difficulties you've had in kind of building texas athletics back up to where it's supposed to be in the eyes of the fans the eyes of the donors i'd say i mean i think that you come here because it's the university of texas but there's so many things surrounding it right and and i didn't have the 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 pleasure of wearing the the uniform but i had the pleasure of looking in from the outside looking in uh when i was um you think about the last 10 years, let's just go 2009, 10. We played for the national championship in nine, 10. We start to look at the Longhorn Network. Then you all of a sudden you have A&M, Nebraska, Missouri, and Colorado leave. And then that kind of started this crazy odyssey that we've been on for a hot moment and trying to figure out how we put the, the, the BBs back in the box. And at that point in time, we've had three presidents, four chancers, three ADs, four football coaches, basketball coaches, it's been this real topsy-turvy time when up until up until that point of 2010, we've had model of consistency. You had the lost odds, been AD for 33 years. Mac was here 16 years. Ricky Barnes, you had, uh, you know, Augie. We had this great consistency. And then by the time you get to me hiring me in 2018, one of the things I looked at is how do we, how do we, how do we restore mm-hmm. this? And my job when I first got hired here was I'm the first AD to combine both men's and women. They were completely separate athletic programs. The Lost Dodds was the men's AD over eight sports. Chris Polanski was the women's AD over 11 sports, completely separate. So mm-hmm. I'm, my, my task is trying to figure out how we put the T back in Texas, how we get some consistency, merging athletic programs, looking at our facilities were great in the 1990s, but the building in football was built for, for John Makovic renovated a little bit for, for a little bit for Mac, but that building was actually built for Coach Royal way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I had to look at an archaic footprint. We need to fix things. President Fembus wanted to build a new arena. All these crazy things were happening. And then within a year, we had civil unrest. We had COVID, new president, new chancellor. And you're like, who? whoa, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been a crazy time. And yet, We've had great successes. We won the Directors' Cup last year, and we're getting better in everything we're doing. But part of it is we were our own worst enemy as an institution. We tend to eat each other when we get rolling. And that's that's the great thing about the University of Texas. The expectations are so high. Mm -hmm. How do you manage those then? Because a lot of our – so much focus. You are TC first, and obviously there's a huge emphasis on football there and baseball and basketball, which are sports that we really cover here on our show. 
but a Texas football is, you know, king, queen, and the prince and princess a lot of the times. But so many of our other sports are so dominant. Swimming and diving, women's volleyball is tops. Women's basketball is excellent this year. How do you kind of have those candid conversations and manage expectations from your end and say, wait a second, I know we have to get the football and basketball programs that back to that place, but our other programs are also, you know, really dominant and kind of have people see, you know, both sides of the coin. Well, just look at what I just described. When I got here, I remember I, t- I went to a took our we take all of our head coaches to a, a retreat every year. Mm-hmm. And the first thing when I got here, guys, we need to go get together and just talk about what it means to be a coach at the University of Texas. And there's a sign that says, the winning tradition of the University of Texas shall not be entrusted to the timid nor the weak. That 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 tells you what it means to be a longhorn, that there's a burden to go to school here that when you come here, the expectations are so high. And during that retreat, Eddie Reese stands up and says, you know what, boy, our heart and soul was gone. We lost the loss. We lost Mac. We lost Ricky Barnes. And, and we lost Augie. Three of those were let go. And that was a hard thing for us to do. And then we all of a sudden, we have turbans of two new ADs, three new presidents, chancellors. And by the time I got here, I was just trying to figure this out. Some of the things you're looking at is we just get together. So we have a monthly head coaches meeting. We have an all-staff meeting every six weeks. We try to really focus on what I would refer to as what it means to be a longhorn, our culture, who we are, how we embrace expectations. And one of those things is I have two revenue sources. I tell our coaches all the time, we need football, men's basketball to be great because the 18 of our 20 sports, 18 accentuate the brand. And we need them to accentuate the brand. But we need two to generate all that revenue for this great accentuation of brand. So we have open dialogue. I mean, we're going to pay you. We're going to support you. We're going to love you, but let me help you out. We got to make sure football and men's basketball are rolling the right way for us to live and breathe and where we're at. Mm-hmm. During COVID, I lost $80 million. We didn't take a dime from the institution. We figured out a way to make it work, but we had tough decisions. We had layoffs. We had to do furloughs. We had to do tough calls and just to put us in a position now where we can reap the, the, the benefits of that. And it was tough. And civil unrest here was really tough on all of us. I mean, Quan and I had many, many conversations about what it meant to be a long one. We were dealing with these real front issues with the eyes and what the history was and what we were doing, how we embraced ourselves. No one else had those but us. And they're magnified at our place because it is Texas. And you know who wears the brunt of it? 18 to 22-year-old kids. Yeah, They wear the brunt of it. All the and for the positive and the negative too, because we kind of speaking of you know the student athletes, the whole NIL space has been the wild, wild west. We've had so many conversations. I mean, we could talk about it on our show. We could just do a whole show on it every show, to be honest. And every you know the rumors you hear, the whole Jordan Addison situation. He got a house. He got a car. He got his whole family got a private island. You know, like all the different things you hear coming out from NIL. On one hand. You know, you want the student athletes to get what they deserve because they are giving everything they have for the university. Um, But on the other hand, it's a lot to manage and it's a lot to say because there are no rules. It's the first year we saw Saban and Jimbo get after it with one another. Uh, So what are some exciting things for you there, but also maybe some challenges and maybe some changes you'd want to see in the NIL space? Well, I I take the opposite direction right now. There's one point seven trillion dollars in student loan debt only 30 percent but nick only 32 percent of the united states population has a college degree 1.7 trillion dollars in debt and they're saying hey can you wipe the debt off on the 30 percent that have a college degree i want you to think through that 70 percent of america does not have a college degree 30 percent do and they're asking to wipe that debt away Being a student athlete is a complete privilege. It's not a right. So I come from a different perspective. I think that, man, gosh, when I signed my letter of intent and when Quan signed the letter of intent, it said, for your scholarship, for your free ride, we are going to give you, we're going to use your name and likeness to promote your product. It's a poster. It's it's just saying, here's what it means to be an athlete because only 2% of us go pro. So I firmly believe in the model of college athletics. Yet I know times have changed. I know the economics of it, but it was never meant to be, let me buy you these things to be. It was supposed to be, what does Quan earn as himself as name, image, and likeness? And if you look at the NFL today, there's 2,500 football players. 
only 300 have true names likeness deals. 300. <laughs> so what are we talking about? It should be truly about your name, image, likeness. So when the three of you were living on the West Coast and you wake up every day and watch TV, how many have commercials every day in LA? Truly. Uh, it's a lot of Damian Lillard lately because he's not been playing in the playoffs, so he's had time to shoot. The Modelo commercial. Think about how many people. Does LeBron? Think yeah. about who's really making in your area. You have all, all those pro franchises out there. Who's really making NIL money? Crickets. Yeah. Football season, too much Baker Mayfield. That's what I'll say. Alex, there's a one-off in Baker. But what I'm I, getting at, just think through where you're at. You are in Tinseltown. Right. So I tell you, this is the wild west. It makes no sense to me. And I understand, believe what you're saying, that we ought to have some type of economics. I do. But where in the hell has we lost the value of education? And guys, I mean, Quan knows I, I grew up in a children's home. Sport to me is my incredible out. I love the fact that, guess what? I, but to sit there and say, hey, 70% of America forgive that debt. What are we talking about? And that a kid goes to college, they make a million dollars more than a kid that never went to college over a lifetime. It's a privilege, not a right. And you took that privilege and you may have borrowed money or you may be a student out who doesn't ever. But here's what we're giving you. So that's where I come from. And historically, I understand name and likeness, but it should be what Quan earns as himself, not what is going around the noise around it today. And a perfect yeah. example for us is, is Bijan. Bijan has a lot of NIL. They gave him a Lambo, man, because they want to attach him with his brand. He's courtside at the Dallas Mavericks, rubbing elbows with Whoever, well, I mean, the fellow from Canada, what's his name? Drake. I mean, hot, hot dang. I mean, if it was me, <laughs> you know, if it was me, it'd be hanging out with, uh, with Snoop. I mean, what is going on? It's beautiful. First of all, Snoop would want to hang out with me, but I would love to hang out with Snoop. <laughs> Just a night, by the way. You don't, yeah, you don't need a whole week. You don't need a weekend. You don't even need a holiday. Just a night. It'd be you, Ricky Williams Snoop. It'd be you, Ricky Williams and Snoop. A little gin and juice and some other stuff. What the hell? I think, I mean, I think you you hit the nail on the head, though. It's mean that your your point's great. And we obviously saw Saban and Jimbo battle back and forth saying AM quote unquote bought their players. And I have to agree with you, like they should be making money off their name. Have you guys been working as a university then been helping with like local brands, maybe like Torchy's Tacos? We on our show are pitching around the pan. I, I, I told me, you I was gonna get the yeah, the sorry. University Quan. cannot help with that. It, it, per the rules right now, it's 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 a separate deal. It's the, the the different things they do outside of it. Uh the university certainly has to pay attention because they are their student athletes, but they're 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 not they can't leverage or push or be involved with the the, the name and again yeah. there's a lot of gray there's a lot of there's not a lot of teeth to a lot of that stuff but um no no i'm well, cdc you don't say a word on that one i got you no here's a funny story think about the poster that came out last week from smu where they showed the gold trans am that eric dickerson had they left AM and showed up at uh, SMU. Yeah. And here's the gold transaction said, see you about town. And I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> they got the death penalty. I mean, it's so <laughs> right. crazy. They're that flaunting that illegal money. Having. And the problem is I grew up during that whole era. Yeah. So I'm like, none of it is just, it's just like a close the door. Hold on. I was ready to pitch my pancake idea. Oh, kid. God. No. <laughs> you know, I want that idea, man. <laughs> no. Well, you, uh, you mentioned the, the emphasis on education, especially your, your personal connection with that. Have you had those conversations with all the different coaches and how they approach communicating with, with the student athletes that are here at the University of Texas? Alex, we have a great program. It's called Leverage, and it's called our Forever Texas program. One of the things that we want to make sure is that each and every one of our graduates have the same love that you have for your institution. It's not a four-year decision. It's a lifetime decision when you go to school. And we feel when you come to the University of Texas, when you get that degree, it's a lifetime decision of context and who you're with and how you, how you make these relationships go forever. That's what can get lost is, hey, 
nope, you come here, it's just a contract, or you come here, that's what all the noise is. Really the noise should be, how do I strengthen my relationship? And by the way, I understand and embrace NIL, I do. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the way it's collectively going right now because it should be about your own brand and how an institution can enhance your brand moving forward. But, you know, it, we're, we're a long ways away from, from putting the, the, the genie back in the bottle. But part of that is you have um, the NFL doesn't have a minor league. So right. what happens? They come from college. So all of a sudden you don't have a minor league for men's for, for, for basketball. You don't have really have a minor league for baseball. You do with baseball, but they're down a 10 round draft. So if the professional sports had high, uh, drafts out of high school, it'd be a little bit different model too. Cause they're looking at this as there's, and then, you know, we put ourselves, we got television contracts, we got economics that we pay. By the way, we're here because of ourselves. And one of the things, the problem with the NC2A, there's say there's 32 conferences or 1,300 members that make up the NC2A. You're not governing the University of Texas. You're governing to UC Santa Barbara, where I went to school. There's more of them than they are Texas. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. So you have to yeah. try to level the playing field and the schools that are, are, are ilk and our brand are like timeout. We got, you know, we're different and we've, we've, we've governed to not be different to try to create competitive balance, but at the same time, we've created problems that were why we're here today. Right. Well, that also brings me to a point where at what point do you start regulating how much, how much programs can give to players? Because it's creating an imbalance for some teams that don't have the biggest name in the world. I mean, yeah, we're here tech, we're sitting here with Texas, right? I mean, we feel good about it, but there's only a few of us. Well, we can't give anything to players, as Quan said. That's all. It's really truly your own name and life. We're not involved in that. Our state rules don't allow us to be involved. In what we do is educate. Here's, here's taxes. Here's financial planning. Here's how you accentuate your brand. Here's what we do with social media. Uh, influencers, right? We do all those type of things, but there's that really not a, 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 we're not securing that opportunity for that young people. We're, we're, not, we're not in that business of securing those deals. And I got a comment about that, Nick. The truth of the matter is, yes, I, one, I don't know how you ever regulate it because, again, it's detached from the school. So, so that's, that's a whole other deal. Um, but I do have this devil's advocate perspective is you say, oh, you, it's, you have a disadvantage. What's the last small school that's won a national championship? I know the last one that got there, in my opinion, was Oregon. Oregon's a smaller school, has a lot of field night money but it's a smaller school and Ohio state beat the brakes <laughs> off of them. And so, and, and I'm going to tell you bigger than all the actual game. I went to Jerry's world. Coach Brown was in the booth. So I got to sit with coach Brown in the suite and TV did a phenomenal job because there was 90,000 Ohio state fans and there was 10,000 Oregon, including the band. And so I do get what you mean from that standpoint, but it's, a thing that don't get talked about a lot, but it's a blue blood sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the football, so the revenue basketball. generating one is 100%. basketball. Basketball, you see a little more parity because you have the smaller schools. Um, Gonzaga's not a big school, you know, but they're always in the mix. So basketball is a different beast. But football, it's hard to equate NIL to big school, small school doing their thing because big schools per blue bloods and stuff like that the ones that have the most revenue consistently, they're kind of in the mix every year anyway. And especially with this so-called 14 playoff that we're working with, I think the best way to get that the small schools a chance is not going to be NIL. It's going to be expanding to a 12 team playoff, but that's another conversation later. Right. Yeah. So you see, what, also, do you, what do you, what do you think about the, the expansion of the playoffs for that? Yeah. You know, I, I think like anything, it's, it's we started out with the bowl game. You know, in 1983, up until 1983, college football belonged to the NC2A, and they broke away in 83. In fact, Georgia and the president of Georgia and the president of Oklahoma sued the NC2A to create more opportunities for television. And then that time is when the, really the advent of conferences really took over in terms of them generating their television contracts for conferences. So you remember, the, the college football does not belong to the NC2A. Right. They really govern academic compliance and, and, and uh, compliance rules and academic rules, but they don't oversee the television contract that's run by conferences. So the NC2A is solely governed financially by the NC2A basketball tournament. That's the entire finances. That helps run not only the NC2A, but all the other championships. But 
all the other leagues get a portion of it. From my budget, only $2 million comes from the NC2A. The rest of it comes from the ticket revenue, subject revenue, or our conference revenue is roughly around $40 million. So when you look at expansion of the playoff, um, the, the, the reality is a 14 playoff, you go to, do we go to six? Do you go to eight to 12? I'm a big fan of 12. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Because you start to look at bowl games today, you have 70 bowl games. You just, you just fall off. And I mean, <laughs> let me back up. You don't even have to have a winning season. The goal is you should have, you know, you should have a bowl game. We used to be at six wins when you had a 10, 10, 10 game schedule. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you could work your way through. We have so many bowl games going through and, and, and those things are fun for your fans. They're not necessarily money makers or actually lose money in terms of how the bowl games are paid out. When I was at, when I was at Rice, my first AD job I was really fired up to go to a bowl game and f- first time in 50 years, they sent me $325,000 worth of tickets and said, my son, whatever you sell, you keep. That was my bowl payout. <laughs> Times have changed. That was that was in 2006. And how many did you sell? Oh, we sold all 325. Out of boy. I can sell ice to an Eskimo. That was my point. They, they, but that's what they gave us. They gave me a bag of tickets. Good luck. That was our bailout for the RNL, RNHL Carrier Bowl in New Orleans. I just got a bag of tickets. I'm like, really? By the way, I had to have my expenses. I'd take the team over, hotel. Everything came out of that 325. I mean, I was cutting deals left and right to make wow. it work. Yeah. They're like, where's CDC? He's out scalping at the corner. He's got, got three more for 400. We, 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 ate, we ate at mother's food for three straight days. Our kids, like, they were tired of mother's. Maybe we ate the crap out of that. Time's oh, up. Sandwiches every day. <laughs> that actually takes me into a question. We're going to move on to all the logistics of times change to. You're doing a lot of stuff. You got Moody, man. I've been to a couple of concerts there, and it is insane. I was a little sentimental with the Irwin Center. I was like, man, you know, it's that's what I went to as a student. I love you, Irwin, but the Moody is the real freaking deal. I've, I've, I've moved on from that. You got Bevo Boulevard. You got concerts, all of that, man. How's that been just developing that? Because I can say this, um, and I get crap from it, but I'm real about it. We we struggled a little bit at home field advantage back in the day, but now you've been a part of, um, and I give you crap about a lot of this, so you know that. But now we've we've created some some fun and some things going on, and and some buzz about what's going on on campus. So how's that been? Just kind of being a part of creating that, and and really your perspective on how it's going. Well, I think part of that is, is I'm asking you all to just spend your discretionary income at the University of Texas. And that's a hard thing to do because you're asking you um, uh, that it's, you don't have to buy a football ticket. You don't have to spend your weekends with us. You buy water, food, that's important in your house. So when you're just spending your discretionary income on us, we got to make it a full day's event. I had the pleasure of, 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 of watching Texas from afar. As good as Quan was in here when they were there, it was different. They were rolling, but you still had, you know, the, the, the previous administration took away the tax deduction. So you used to be able to write off 80% of your tax deductible gift. It's no longer tax deductible. So it's truly a truly an entertainment spend. Well, if you're gonna ask someone to spend two, three, four, five thousand dollars a year with you, what are you doing to create value in that spend? So this is where we had to really look at it and say the football game is truly important. It is. That's why we're here. But you're asking to spend a full eight hours, 10 hours with us. And we want them to come back. You know, when they leave the game, win, lose, or draw, one to, that was a hell of a time. I'll be back next Saturday. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I, I will give you this. Showtime Longhorns. And right. we've talked a lot, and I give you a lot of Showtime crap about Longhorns, right. Vivo Boulevard and all that. But it's, it, it, I think it finally clicked. Hell, as much as we've argued about this, you've never told me that piece of it. Because that's in my day job, and, and I know you know what I do over there at UT and all that stuff, but my day job, we say exactly what you say all the time. We're like, listen, if we all do the same thing, what are you getting extra from a service, from an, all these different pieces? So kudos to you. That just finally clicked in my head. And I do respect the hell out of that perspective. And I do know I, I, one of our colleagues, said he just got his moody tickets today he said 
You know, they, everybody's signing up and they're fighting about what's going on. So nice. Yeah. Good job well done. Part of that, you just look at any business you're in, right? It's, especially if you're running a business based on people's passion. Mm-hmm. Rational people become irrational when it comes to passion. Every one of you all think about when you fell in love, you did some dumbass things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wife reminds you all the time. You used to do this, this, and this. Honey, that was before you and I. It, and doesn't, it, it doesn't get more passionate than long. It doesn't before. get any more passionate than what it was. But <laughs> so now with losing your deduction, people coming on campus, I think the key component for us too, and I, and I, and I mean this in series, we finally had alignment for the first time in a long time. We got an unbelievable, the governor's a long one. Right. We have a chairman of the board of trustees is a long one. The speaker house is a long one. But the key linchpin of this whole thing is Jay Hartsell. We have a president who's a long one that gets it. He went to school. He's passionate about athletics. He's passionate about this institution. So everything that we're doing, uh, when we were going through all these trials and regulations, he just goes, hey, guys, what's your long term plan? Knowing that for us, as of two years ago, think about this. I took away the deduction. We're trying to figure out how to make an event out of it. Who you play absolutely matters. Everything involves into the, every move we've made is to create value for the fan. Yeah. So you look at the Longhorn, you look at the Longhorn City Limits, you look at Bebo Boulevard, you look at the end game, the conferences we're moving to. All of this is trying to create value for your economic dollar that you're spending with us. And this is where football and men's basketball generate all that revenue to be great in golf and to be great in tennis and to be great in every one of our sports. We need all that revenue, but we can't forget the goose and the goose is football. And we have to reinvest in football and not be quick to make decisions. I mean, when we, when we, we had to make a coaching change, we went from Mac to Charlie to Tom. I was apprehensive to make a change. I was like, gosh, dang it. We need some time here. Yeah. But I understood that things were above and beyond the control of what was actually taking place in the football field. Because, you know, in the football field, things were going okay. Not great, but we went eight wins, seven. We went to, you know, we won four games, four bowl games in a row. There's things that are happening. But everything around it was not what we needed it to be. And we needed to settle and move in the right direction and move forward. And you can see with only nine of the last, we have nine players in the last three recruiting classes on our team. Last year, we had 54 players on our roster, scholarship kids. So we're like, what has happened? Well, all those things happened. Why we needed to make a change? And Steve and his staff, they're professional. They're doing an unbelievable job. We got to moving forward. But the goose, as you said, is football. Mm-hmm. And that's the one getting into the league allows us some time to get healthy and get ready to rock and roll. We got beard. I love our coaches across the board. But everything we've done is to create value for our fan that you'll continue to invest in us. How it's, do you have these? It's our goose, but it needs to be our golden goose. Yeah. <laughs> yes, without question. How do, you have, how do you have these con- candid conversations then with like Sark and Beard? Because we, I mean, the, the four of us are like, look, you got to give Sark time. You can't be, you know, Katy Perry, like a girl changes clothes all the time and just be like flipping the page coach after coach. But how do you kind of have both hands of the conversation in the sense of like you guys have the time to implement your program, get your recruits in, get your players in, get your staff acclimated. But also this is the University of Texas and there are expectations and there are donors and there are fan, there are rabid fan bases. We want to, you know, entertain those rabid fan bases. So how do you kind of mediate the, hey, you have time, but also TikTok, let's get some kind of results in the building soon. I think that is, that is known when you come to a school like the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. It's known. There's, 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 there's you don't have to say it really, I guess. Someone said there's there's six or seven blue bloods. That's it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. And everyone knows that. My job is to give them all the tools necessary to be successful and to shield them a little bit, sometimes to my detriment, to say, okay, I'm gonna buy you some breathing room here. And I get smashed by pundits and social media media. But the goal is to try to give them a little bit of a window to say, okay, I know the expectation is never to lose to a Kansas. I get it. It happens in sport. Uh, 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 for, when Nick first started out, he lost to, to Louisiana Monroe. But our, our, but our issues, no one wanted to talk about losing the amount of scholarships, players we had, the amount of injuries we had last year, and what would happen. Things are going to happen. Yeah. But, that, but when, when you have to uh, say but or make an excuse, you've lost the battle. So I get that. And that's why you come here because we have all the advantages, but also when you think about the last 10 years, 
man, we, we, we're here because of ourselves. We're going to have to dig ourselves out together. And one of the things we have to really work hard at is uniting the fan base. Because I really try to work hard at our culture. I really try to like, when all, everyone's, why are you on social media all the time when things are going on in the stadium? It's because I want our building to know that that fan's important and we got to take care of them. Because mm-hmm. if we start to lose customers, it's going to compound it. So putting all the BBs back in the box, there's all of our responsibility. Yours, mm-hmm. mine, the, 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 you all on the podcast, but everyone listening, it's our responsibility to hold each other accountable, but not to abandon ship and then point fingers. Definitely. And I, I think that's a great point, too, because we don't talk. We talked a little bit about the NIL portion of that school out east, but um, they haven't won for a long time and they sell that thing out every single year. We don't want to talk about it, but it's true. And so as a fan base, we have to try to do that. And I think to, to answer your question too, Josh, is I was with Sark the other day at an event and I was with Sark and his first lady, uh, Mrs. L'Oreal Sarkeesian. It was really cool to hear them talk about what it means to be here. Um, I don't want to talk about what happened in the past, but I never heard them say, I want to retire a Longhorn. And those were things that Stark said. Those are the things that he believed. I remember going back to his first day being here saying the first person he called was his dad. He was like, I'm at my dream job. Those little things remind me of some Mac Brownish perspectives. Coach Brown said it all the time. He's like, this place is bigger than you. This place is bigger than me. This place is, is bigger than DeLoss and a lot of people involved. So it was cool to, um, those BBs back in the box are starting to sound, not that it needs to be identical to what it was in our age, because it's a whole different world. Oh yeah. But it's starting to sound very familiar to the things that are right for the university of Texas versus other places you may go to. So I think all of that matters. And coach beard, that man bleeds burn orange. Yeah. Sark gets it. He bleeds burn orange. You know, so many coaches across the way, how the heck y'all talk my man from swimming coach Reese to come back that you talked to earlier. He bleeds burn orange and is one more than Saban and anybody ever to coach. So I think it's cool to see these people that sure they're, they're great at what they do, but they're fit for what this place is. And I think we're going to start seeing the, the fruit from their labor soon. Where does you mentioned a little bit CDC, just, it seems like you have like, an intentionality behind pulling the curtain back a little bit, coming on a podcast like this, um, you know, being so open with with communicating to media at large. And, and I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, but some of this is to detract a little bit of the heat that is on programs like, you know, the, the football program, the coaches um, like, like Beard and, <clears throat> and, and like Sark, um, just to give them the time that they need to be able to digest their roster, bring in new recruits, um, really put their own imprint on, on the team. Where did that, that come from? Where did that, that savvy for you and that, that, um, that intuition stem from? Well, I think two things. One, one is um, <laughs> I remember years ago when I first got, I was working at Washington state, just plugging along and someone said, remember, it's not about the administration, it's about coaches and student athletes. Don't you ever forget that. And I remember thinking to myself, and this is a conversation I have with Dennis Erickson. Dell, it's not about you going over with the suits. Remember, it's the guys working the grass every day. It's the student athletes out here, it's the coaches. That's always ingrained in me. That's always been about coaches. It's always been about student athletes. And we're around it, we're here for them. So, you know, the hardest, the greatest day is, is when, you, when you hire someone. The worst day is when you let go of someone. Because the reality is you better hold yourself accountable for that person's failures. It's easy to say a lot, but you got, did you do everything possible to help that coach win? So part of that is I take that really seriously. If we hire someone, we got to give them everything we can. But also where I'm so accessible is hey, there's, we're not curing cancer here. We're running athletics. Let's take away the mystique. Let's, let's humanize the operation. These guys work their tail off. Their families suffer. They're doing everything they can because only we only read their paycheck. They don't realize Steve gets to work in here at 6 in the morning leaves at midnight every single day. The, the NIL and the recruiting rules have changed. He has no chance for vacation. Beer's out there recruiting right now. 
they're so hard on your families that all of a sudden my job is really to make sure that we 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 keep the main thing the main things coaches and student athletes so that's all it was learned to me and great to me early and we constantly it's why we have a head coach meeting once a month we have all staff meetings every six weeks we meet we have retreats constantly to talk about what can we do and you can see the success of our athletic programs is the culture starting to get back to what it was embracing the expectations but as you well know an 18 and 22 year old kid Everyone loves David. David is the greatest story in the Bible. David against Goliath. Let you know, Texas can never be David. Oh. <laughs> How do you embrace Goliath? How do you use Goliath to your advantage? Because sport inherently is yeah. a little guy taking on the big guy. At Texas, that's not the hardest thing to do. Young people have to know how to embrace Goliath and use it for your advantages. And when, you, when it gets a chink in the armor, it, it, it wobbles you. And we have, that's where we really spend a lot of time is, is Coach Beard always says, embrace the hate, damn it, Del Conde. I'm like, we're not going to embrace the hate. We're going to embrace who we are and take advantage of who we are. But it's, but if you put kids and coaches first, everything falls in line. Mm -hmm. You talk about getting it back to where it used to be. You talk about people blaming Orange. We talk about passionate fans making this move to the SEC. There's so many different programs there that have hostile environments where you go to LSU, you go to Bama, you go to Auburn, you go to Arkansas. It's always a hostile environment. And I think we always know that when you come to Austin, it's not always that hostile environment for the away team. How do we take that back? How do we become that hostile environment for when these SEC teams come here? It's not just a, any old game. They're coming into foreign territory and they're going to get lit up. Well, I think Quan played at Ohio State back in the day, right? And you look at this. Right? That was now that was beyond hostile. That was just crazy. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> but it was hostile as well. Part of it is 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 that you go to Ohio State, you go to you go you go to LSU. Arkansas was wild this past year, but part of that too is that our own fan base is like, okay, this is who we are. Yeah. Right? I mean, Daryl even said we're, we're going to take the band with us. We're, 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 we rise above hostility and we are Texas. That's why we got to embrace that hate. And as our fan bases get a chance to travel around and see different fan bases, they'll react differently. We're getting continually better every day. One of the things I, I like what we did early is one, one continuous student section because we used to have four, almost six different student sections within the stadium. So they're right. up everywhere. Now having one massive continuous student section, you'll have 20,000 people applying some serious heat at all times, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's what's crazy about it, fellas, is right now at Texas, we're about 60% women. So we need to, you know, that's also a different thing. We do more women going to college here than it, it, unlike A&M, where they're going to be more men than women there. We're a lot more women coming to school here. So we got to make sure that we create that environment that's hostile and they, they, they participate as a student body, but having 20,000 student, a student body, uh, together is great and mm -hmm. having the band. So we moved them, we moved them, we flipped them. And now they're in the North end zone coming our way. Uh, uh, I'm excited for our student body. They're great. They're loud. But when you had six different sections and you didn't get a chance for them to have a collective voice, because 20,000 people yelling and screaming at the same time is fantastic. Yeah. And by the way, our, our, our women fans are so much better than our dudes because dudes are afraid to yell. They're too, being too cool. Our, yeah, girls get, our women get in it, man. It's I awesome. was going to say, man, my the biggest fan of my family is my mom, and she didn't even go to Texas. They unle unleash the females, dude. Let them out. Yeah, and, and on, a, on a personal level, yeah. I like the heck out of that. Because, one, I, I, again, talking about the basketball piece of it, creating a home field advantage is going to be massive there. I'm so pumped for what they're going to do in the Moody. But I was calling CDC to complain a little bit because my, I got a call about my tickets getting moved. I really like where my new tickets are. <laughs> so, so I was like, man, what the? Hey, oh, I'm in this typical, typical overreaction, Quan, <laughs> laying, flaying me without having all the end results. But you know, when you all go to a game, you're too cool for school to yell and cheer. And, and then your, your girlfriend's gone bonkers. My two daughters here, they go to school. They, share, they show up in bright orange war paint. They're losing their mind for eight hours. I think it's the greatest thing ever. So we I need to do. It's always yeah. take your take your daughter to work day, huh? <laughs> Here it seems to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, CDC, we have a couple quick hitters for you. Uh, we like to ask our guests some fun questions, uh, tease everything out. You've been in Austin. 
Now, other than Cisco's, because I have a couple buddies who are in that Cisco's crew and they give you a shout out because you've eaten with them once or twice, I believe. Uh, and they said that's your favorite restaurant. So other than Cisco's, what is your favorite restaurant in Austin? You know, it's interesting. <laughs> Depends where we go. You know, I, I'm going to tell you, I do like I do like Red Ash. If I can ever get into that joint. I mean, it's like I'm telling you, I'll call down there. It's paying the rear end. I love Sammy's. You know, that's another Italian joint. I think they're both great. If I'm in the doghouse with my honey, we go straight to to to, to Jeffrey's. You know, <laughs> up there, <laughs> not a bad <laughs> place to be in. Not a bad doghouse to be in. <laughs> I mean, you know, it all depends. All depends on the situation. But you know, the the the, the restaurants in town are such a cool. I, I ate today at lunch at Shoal Creek. And it's an awesome uh, New Orleans-style food, Louisiana food. It was spectacular. So I had a poor boy today with black greens and rice. So I try to find somewhere cool all the time. I love the the, the, the restaurants we have in town. Ola Mays is great. You just have a lot of cool places. But if I can get in for a special evening, I'll try to go to Red Ash or Sammy's. I'm from the doghouse, Jeffrey's. But hell, those things are so... Uh, is it ATC Cocina? The new yeah, ATC Cocina. That place is phenomenal too. That place is too, can't get in there either. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I mean, I need like a, a a foodie pass. And then Uchiko, the the, the sushi joint. Oh yeah. Now. I mean, come on, man. Really? Come on, man. You know, I got a reservation for for nine months from now because they can't even get in that joint. I mean, zero. <laughs> That's four. crazy. You just I, I, you're too nice, man. I'd call be like, hey, you all know who I am. I'm the AD. Y'all want to win some football games? Let me get some sushi. <laughs> Larry McGuire's, you know, he has, he has McGuire Mormon has all these restaurants. He's like my pal, but he'll call up and go, hey, bro, you haven't been here in a month. No, no dice for you. Do you have a, do you have a go-to like barbecue that. spot? You got to earn it, baby. Uh, uh, well, you know, a go-to barbecue spot. Sammy's right down the road. I like and East Austin's yep. awesome. The problem is, <clears throat> I hate to say this, my wife and three kids are uh, vegetarians. So when <laughs> I go home tonight, I'll be eating lentil soup. So Anywhere in town that I can get some meat, I'll just straight eat it for lunch and then go home. <laughs> so I used to be a member of your family. I was a I was a pescatarian for two years. I just got back on the meat train two weeks ago. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting back down to Austin for some hey, barbecue. Hey, CDC, that's that Cali stuff, man. You see them out there? No. <laughs> 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 Couldn't is, do any is. more lentil soup. Uh, Austin, Long- Austin is good. Sorry. No, no, Nick, you got it, man. No, I was gonna say Austin's a music music city capital of the world, right? Have you gotten a chance to go see some any any shows or anything at well, Stubbs or ACL or maybe at the Moody? Well, yeah, well, because we partnered with 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 Light of Nation, I think this is really a testament to our leadership on campus as well. Whether it be uh, 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 Pre- Pre- President Hartsell and uh, our Chairman to go through Moody, how we did that, really President Hartsell lies with the idea with President Fenvis, but then where, the, where it really took hold is President Hartzell, how this came about, is you have this great arena that was given to the University of Texas for free. They get to manage it for 35 years. And our partners, Live Nation, which the three C's that founded ACL actually run Live Nation now and mm-hmm. do all the acts. They control 90% of the acts. So it has been fun to go over. I mean, we went from Earth, Wind, and Fire to George Strait, to Willie Nelson, to, I mean, I got a chance to see. Haven't seen Snoop yet, though, right? Snoop has not been around. <laughs> By the way, really not a big fan of rap music, except that Chronic album came out right when I was coming out of college. And I was like, what is this? And to tell you the truth, to be the craziest thing is that I got to Oregon State, and my college, my first my sweet mate was a guy named Gary Payton, right? And I didn't know who he was. You know, I must have me and my college. We were roommate, two track guys that right next door is a basketball guy. And he puts on too short. And that's my first indoctrination to rap music. The, the Bay Area. Like, I've been listening to Mamas and the Papas, you know what I mean? The Almond Brothers, pretty much just straight 70s folk music that my parents had. So too short, I was just completely blown away. Like, what is this stuff? And it was pretty risque. Blow so, the whistle. Yeah. Wait, 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 time out. You live with the glove? Well, we did it two years. I lived in Oregon State. So my first two years when I got there, um, we, uh, we got to Oregon, the dorm, an all-athletic dorm room. And my, if you imagine, here's two doors. Right next to me was a guy, Gary. And we just became, we're still friends. We see each other often. We talk often. I, I, 
I ended up going to Santa Barbara because he knew a guy named Brian Shaw. He helped us get down to Santa Barbara. So Gary was uh, very influential in my conversations early. Um, you know, my other friend, Scott Sanders, his brother was on the track team in Santa Barbara when they cut the track team at Oregon State. Where I was with Gary, we're just in the dorms, but right next to each other. And we were become, we've been pals ever since. So every time he rolls into town, wherever I'm at, we hook up and get together. I'm just saying, indoctrinating into the rap music, my first album was too short. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, got chronic, I was already a, I, I was already in. Snoop was Willie Nelson after hearing a uh, freaking <laughs> too short. Well, and then you know the drinks of choice back there were either were either Old D or Saint Ives. So I was like, dude, is there any Coors Light anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong party for you, my friend. <laughs> Not a bad person to teach you some rap music, Gary Payton. Right. Not at all. Josh Not over here is a, a closeted Supersonics fan. Yeah, he huge closet Supersonics fan for sure. I was wearing my Supersonics out in case my Celtics lost on Saturday, and they did. Do you have so. a KD Supersonics jersey? Me? Not yet. Yeah. No, no, I have a Nick got me a sweet three quarter hoodie uh, from Mitchell and Ness that I rock. It's, nice. it's Jack Sigma jersey. Yeah, you know, I do <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, last one here. Uh, CDC, we always ask everyone who is a Longhorn. Um, the same question. What's your favorite memory so far as a Longhorn? Um, obviously, you've you've been adopted. You're here. You're here to stay. So, I mean, honestly, my favorite mem- my favorite time is graduation because I get to watch these kids come in and they're just full of piss and vinegar. They don't know what they want to be, and then you get to watch them graduate. <laughs> four years of them, they become you know they, they, they it's like. A, Logan, Logan, this new, this, this graduating class is my class. We came in together four years ago. So it's pretty special to watch him and see them. Um, to, so from, from that standpoint, I love that, that, that time, but probably uh, just an athletic, pure athletic um, time. Uh, uh, you know, when Clements was on that run with home runs, and, and I mean, he was hitting a couple bombs at AM. I remember playing AM here. And I'm like, God. oh, yeah, that was that was a super regional. Just walk yeah. the guy. I mean, he's just unbelievable. <laughs> like uh, uh, the Sugar Bowl, but I'll, I'll probably look look back at the, 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 the men's tennis championship was really special because we had at the beginning of the year, we had Coach Center had been let go because of the, the that whole case that was going on with the, um, you know, the Skinner case, the, 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 the academic involvement thing. We had an interim coach come in, that team banded together, and they played the defending national champion, which we had no shot of winning, and we won. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty emotional time. Yeah. Um, that, that will stand back me. And then probably through civil unrest, I learned more about our kids. And that from a learning perspective, that was really, really great. Because they were – I'll say this. Our kids love the University of Texas. They actually loved the eyes of Texas in the song. They were looking at where, what was the differences and why? Why are they saying this? And they were put in really tough positions to ask questions, and they were wanting answers. And the, how they went about it at times, I was like, boy, they're, they're going about it a little bit differently. But to learn from them, to walk in, I'm, I'm never going to profess I'm black. I'm never going to look and say what Quan went through in his life. But to listen to what Quan talked about, listen to what our kids talked about, and then to see him today. And this last weekend, they're singing the eyes of graduation. And we talked about where we were two years ago. Say, go see, see. We have a different perspective. We've all learned and grown. We can never forget George Floyd. Never. Because what we've been taught from that is we have so much work to do. But through their eyes, it was fun to watch. Like to see him. I mean, it was hard for me because I was in the middle of getting bashed. But every day I'd go talk to him at lunch and say, tell me what you're thinking. And we're able to put the BBs back in the box. Mm-hmm. That's what's been pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, man, I appreciate you coming on, brother. This is awesome. You guys Thank be great. You. Hook them. Thank you, CDC. Thanks for letting them horns. All right. Easy on the gin and juice, fellas. <laughs> you got it. Uh, Joshua Fisher, Alexander Sopolis, Nikki Snacks, Carter, and the Quan Cosby. We're the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. That was Chris Del Conte, the athletic director. Uh, a lot more humorous than we thought, fellas. We'll see you guys next time. Get your horns up. 10,000. Um, because it is the most elite 
athletic apparel that's out there. Uh, we all wear it. We all have the, the seven-inch interval short that we are rocking frequently. If I stood up right now, you'd be able to see that I have um, my kind of like eggshell white shorts on with the black band around the midsection. Um, they, they have tons of features like silver ion for odor protection, no bounce pockets, breathable and lightweight shell fabric, no bounce phone pocket, which is the biggest thing for me at least, because I, I don't like when I'm working out when I'm doing, you know, when I'm jumping rope or uh, I'm doing hit exercises, my phone is just bouncing up and down in my pocket. Um, in addition to the interval short, they, they make gear specific to other types of training from running to Olympic lifting to boxing. Uh, so you can find a short for all the ways you train. The brand believes in being better than yesterday, a stoic dedication to continuous improvement, not overnight success. They have a team of over 200 athlete tests um, who test their gear to ensure the perfect design fabric trims and fit. So if you're interested in purchasing some 10,000 apparel, they're offering our listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc slash stripe to receive 15% off your purchase. Again, that's 10,000.cc slash stripe. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code BELIEVE and get 50% off your first deposit. So whatever your first deposit is at betonline.ag, and you could bet on anything. Futures for MLB. NBA playoffs is right around the corner. Actually, it's here. It's upon us. Playing games start tonight. So go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get 50% off your first deposit. Thanks for joining us. We outcha. We love you. Fans out there, drag both feet about, swing on a full counter, rip that puck, hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they free. Hit your free throws because they are free. Hook them. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.